Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Gladiator, Aaron Hernandez, and Football Inc. ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. A listener note, this episode contains some adult language and themes. It's so funny that the guys in there, the guys in there last year, probably you were their favorite player, and now you're hanging out with them. <laughs> Even in jail, the world of football and the New England Patriots looms large for Aaron Hernandez. Were they yelling about? Hear him yelling? Yeah, they're talking about the game. Ooh. Crazy, the whole fucking game. He remains something of a celebrity. A dude came on the unit today this morning, and it was crazy. The whole unit was just going crazy. He's like, Aaron Hernandez is in this unit. I need your fucking autograph. And he was like, kind of like chasing me around. And then uh, right before he left, and he wrote on a toilet paper roll, like, all his address. Call me if you need anything. I'll do anything for your family. Go, Hernandez. Ah. <laughs> By November 2014, he's been in two different jails over 16 months as he awaits his murder trial. But meanwhile... Outside the Massachusetts prisons and courts, the world is turning its back on the football star. Places that once celebrated him now practically deny he ever existed. At the University of Florida, a brick outside the football stadium inscribed with Hernandez's name is removed. Pop Warner strips his name off a list of youth award recipients. And Patriots fans are allowed to switch out their number 81 Hernandez jerseys for those of their other favorite players. It's not critically important. It's just a, it's just a statement that we, we don't support murderers and gangbangers. I had Aaron Hernandez's jersey, which I actually pre-ordered. And it sucks because my name is Luis Hernandez, which now I can't even wear that jersey no more. I exchanged it for Gronk, Gronkowski. Someone... Even in his hometown of Bristol, where Hernandez was a high school sports star, they're removing all traces of him. In a phone call, his mom tells him, DJ went to Central yesterday and got your plaque. We're getting your plaques from the people that took him down. They took him down? Yeah. Bristol Central? Yeah. <laughs> In public, Aaron Hernandez was basically silent from the moment of his arrest. His lawyers did the talking. He did not take the stand during his trials. In court appearances, Hernandez seemed brooding, almost stone-faced. But we got a chance to hear him from inside jail. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Have you ever covered a carpet stain with a rug? Ignored a leaky faucet? Pretended your half-painted living room is supposed to look like that? Well, you're not alone. We've all got unfinished home projects, but there's an easier way. When you download Thumbtack, it's easier to care for your home from top to bottom. Pull out your phone and in just a few taps, you can search, chat, and book highly rated pros right in your neighborhood. Plus, you'll know what to tackle next. 
Because Thumbtack is the app that shows you what to do, who to hire, and when. So say goodbye to all those unfinished home projects and say hello to caring for your home the easier way. Download Thumbtack and start a project today. From the Boston Globe and Wondery, I'm Bob Holer, and this is Gladiator, an investigative series about Aaron Hernandez and Football Inc. This is Episode 5, Erasing Aaron. Aaron Hernandez is now facing trial for the killing of his friend Odin Lloyd in 2013. And that led detectives to crack an older, cold case in Boston's South End. A year after his arrest, Hernandez would be charged in that double homicide, too. We in the Spotlight team listened to nearly 300 phone calls he made from jail over the course of six months. My Spotlight colleague, Beth Healy, is going to take you inside Hernandez's time behind bars. The former Patriot is one of about 700 inmates awaiting trial at the Suffolk County Jail in downtown Boston. And almost every day, he lines up to use the jail telephone. He calls some former teammates, like Mike Pouncey, who he played with in Florida, his agent Brian Murphy, his mom, his brother Jonathan sometimes, and his lifelong friend, Ryan McDonald. Above all, he called his fiance, Cheyenne Jenkins. These calls have never been heard publicly before Spotlight obtained them. These six months of recordings, starting in the summer of 2014, paint a portrait of a young man in the months before his first murder trial. The jail he's in is a red brick building overlooking the Charles River. But outside, the view is beautiful, it's crazy. Oh, you see all Boston, huh? Yeah, because yeah, we're on the roof of the whole building. Really? That building, I'm on the top floor, so when we go outside to play basketball, it's on the roof. He's not far from nice. some iconic Boston landmarks like Faneuil Hall and Paul Revere's house. That's nice. And then it's, uh, but obviously there's a fence up, so you can't jump off the damn roof, you know what I mean? But... No, because they put the fences real high or something like they're seeing. Yeah, 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 but you look out the fence here, looking at the, the whole city, all the bright lights, and it looks beautiful at night time, isn't it? Isn't it nice? He tells a friend about the view from his cell window. Oh, really? Yeah, and I'm on the top nice. floor, so I see the whole city, the highways, the main road, pedestrians, the parks, stuff like that. He's amazed by the duck boats full of tourists that are able to drive on land and on the river. He's a long way from the life of privilege he led in the NFL. He's focused on small creature comforts now. And every Sunday I clean my home. My room is very organized. I have my clothes lined. I have everything. This is Hernandez talking to his fiance. Yeah, you know, I have everything lined up perfect. I'm a little trash in there. Everything all folded. I'm, I always make a nice, uh, perfect pillow. Sounds like you have a nice, quaint home there. I do. It's actually really cozy. I, really, I think I enjoy it too much, but... Cheyenne Jenkins often sounds frustrated with Hernandez, but she takes his calls, sometimes twice a day. She wants to let him talk to their daughter. Hello, what you doing? Hernandez reads Harry Potter and watches Sons of Anarchy. It's the first time he's been allowed to watch TV in a year. He gets to buy snacks at the canteen and use the microwave. He tells his friend Mike Pouncey about a concoction involving Snickers, a strawberry Danish, peanut butter, and honey buns. You close the honey buns together, put it in a bag, and you heat it up, right? And then the Snickers, everything melts on the inside, and then you squish it close together. It's like a banging-ass sandwich. 
Damn, bro, you coming with that? You coming up with new millennium snacks, bro? Yeah. You see, Hernandez has just spent the past year locked up at a much harsher jail, the Bristol County Jail. It's an hour south of Boston. There, he was under the watch of Sheriff Tom Hodgson. Sheriffs have a lot of power in Massachusetts, and Hodgson is somewhat notorious in the state. He gets attention for being tough. He brags about getting rid of the basketball court at the jail and turning it into a religious retreat site. Hodgson set the rules from the moment Hernandez arrived. I told him, I said, look, I'm the sheriff. I want you to know that you're going to be treated no better, no worse than anybody else. But the sheriff kept Hernandez in an especially grim section of the jail. I've seen this area. You pass through a dungeon-like set of doors to get to his 7 by 12 foot cell. Cement walls and a metal bunk bed. Most of the men in the unit are mentally ill. I believe he was out two hours a day. He'd have an hour wreck. You know, time for phone calls, showers, that kind of thing. A spokesman for Hodgson says it was actually four hours. Either way, the sheriff seemed to revel in the media spotlight that came with housing his famous prisoner. He told reporters he wouldn't allow Hernandez to watch the Patriots in the AFC Championship game on TV with the other inmates. He would draw people in with his... He knew how to use his magnetism. He knew how to use his personality in a way that he could charm people into giving him things. Sheriff Hodgson says he urged Hernandez to read the Bible and to talk to his dead father. That was the kind of thing that started to evolve with he and I. And he started more and more to trust me, almost like a father figure. One of Hernandez's attorneys, Jose Baez, says that's not true. He says Hernandez didn't respect the sheriff and that Hodgson was out of line. What Sheriff Hodge was doing was giving interviews prior to Aaron's trial We were very close to filing a a motion for a gag order to basically shut him up. And he exceeded and overstepped his his role as a public official and started granting interviews for what reason I have absolutely no idea. Eventually, Hernandez asked a judge to move him to Boston to be closer to his lawyers. In the calls from the Boston jail, he keeps up with life in the NFL through friends like Brandon Spikes, Spikes is one of his college football teammates who went on to play for the Buffalo Bills. Broke my damn ribs, man, last game. Broke your ribs? Spikes says he has to play anyway. Hopefully my shit feel better. I'm going to just grab them, run like a little flat jacket like the quarterbacks were. <laughs> nah, it hurt, bro. Yeah. Well, uh, the motherfucker, they're looking at me like I was a gladiator. I was like, shit, that's what football players do, shit. They play hurt. What you mean? A few calls go like this, swapping war stories with other NFL players. But Hernandez worries that most of his former Patriots teammates have forgotten about him. A friend tells him his old offensive coach, Josh McDaniels, has been asking about him. But McDaniels can't or won't visit because of how it would look. A couple times he saw Josh McDaniels, and Josh McDaniels always asked, like, um, tell Aaron I said hi, I'm saying I hope everything goes well for him, I miss him, shit like that. And I was like, kind of meant a lot, I mean, like, and he's like, I obviously can't visit him because everything that's going on, and I, I understand it, I, I wouldn't want people to ruin their their, their career or, you know and get bad publicity from, from my shit, I mean. Hernandez wants to write to McDaniels, 
But his attempts to reach out have not always worked. He asks his agent, Brian Murphy, for McDaniel's address. Murphy suggests he could always send a letter directly to Gillette Stadium. Yeah, I fucking sent one there before, but I don't think they'll even let it through if it's with me. No, really? Yeah, I think they'll just throw that shit out because it could be a big publicity stunt, you mean? And his agent has a confession to make. That's true. I still have your Tom Brady letter, dude. I gotta get it. In the end, Murphy changes the subject. So, dude, tell me about Gail, man. Tell me about you got you, you getting good at handball or what? Huh? The time in jail gives Hernandez a chance for some heart-to-hearts with his mom. Aaron and Terry had had a fraught relationship for years. No, that's 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 why I never like. There's so many things I like. I would love to talk to you so you can know me as a person, but I never could tell you. And you're gonna die without even knowing your son. That's the craziest thing about it. You know I mean, that's just crazy. Well, if you feel you can't talk to me, how could I? How could I? You are not trustworthy at all. It's so sad. You know, it's sad. And he takes her to task for how she was as a mother. Like when Hernandez says he thinks he should have been treated for ADHD when he was a kid. Matter of fact, you're the reason I I never could pay attention in school and shit. Because you're supposed to get me my medication. He laments to a friend that his mom is still living in an on-again, off-again relationship with Jeff Cummings, the man who'd been married to Aaron's favorite cousin, Tanya Singleton. Uh, that's my mother, though. I, I, I can't. It used to ruin my life. I'm saying it, it did ruin my life. I mean, but yeah. Remember, Hernandez had basically moved out of his mother's home when he was 16. People do crazy things for love, and I understand. So, like. I can't, I can't judge her, but because love makes you do stupid things. It's not just his mom who he's having tough conversations with. Hernandez is also trying to patch things up with Cheyenne Jenkins. I was very selfish. And the worst part about it is when I was all about me out there, I thought, I really thought I wasn't. But what, I think I wrote that in my previous letter. I said, um, I said, the reason I always thought I had a good heart because I did for all my friends, but I wasn't the good-hearted person to the person that actually was my fiance. Hernandez is remorseful with his fiance, but in about 93 hours of phone calls in jail, one thing we never hear from him is remorse for his crimes. Is it bravado? Or is he just being careful of the jail call monitors? How you doing in there, bro? You doing good? You know I'm good, man. Yeah, man, I can't wait for this trial shit. Get over with. Everything is looking good, man. I think it's gonna go my way, but you know. What's meant to be is going to happen in this world. He's talking to Mike Pouncey. I was in January, shit looking good, talking to my lawyers today, shit looking real good, my nigga. Like, they don't have, they know I ain't do shit for me, so they don't got what they got to, you know what I'm saying, to, 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 to find me guilty, you feel me? So, like, and they know I'm innocent, yeah, but... Yeah, ain't no way, bro. You innocent, bro. I'm innocent. You're guilty, Robert, bro. But at the end of the day, it comes down to the jury, but my, my lawyers feel real good about that shit, you know what I mean? But... End of the day, I'll be good regardless, man. I'm a soldier, you know what I mean? His confidence here is pretty surprising. There is a lot of incriminating evidence tying him to the murder of Odin Lloyd. I can't wait to get out of this, this fucking place, man. I can't imagine just walking out these doors, man, chilling with y'all niggas again. That's just going to be crazy. That apparent optimism would soon turn out to be badly misplaced.
Shopify's already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point-of-sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash wondery, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash wondery to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash wondery. Considering a master's in forensic science, but juggling family and work, the University of Florida Forensic Science Online Graduate Program is your solution. Tailored for working pros, this entirely online program fits seamlessly into your schedule. Crafted with FBI and law enforcement input, the curriculum equips you with skills to elevate your career. Join over 1,500 graduates who earned their master's since 2000. Specialize in forensic toxicology, DNA and serology, forensic drug chemistry, or create your plan with an MS in forensic science. Advance your career with a master's. No need to rearrange your life. It's online, interactive, and built for professionals like you. No GRE required. Network with forensic pros globally. Ready for the next chapter? Join the world's largest forensic science program and alumni network at forensicscience.ufl.edu slash Wondery. Your journey begins at the University of Florida. As he awaits trial, friends and family warn Aaron Hernandez to behave in jail. He still gets in some trouble, like the time he talks back to a female guard who won't let him use the microwave. For the most part, at Suffolk, he avoids tangling with guards and other inmates. But he sometimes shows his temper, and his calls are peppered with homophobic rants. Hernandez tells Ryan McDonald he wants to punch this guy. I just fighting that bitch and uh, getting your ass whooped. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be hilarious. I'd, I'd hang it up, Code Red. <laughs> Code Red, what's that mean? Someone's trying to kill himself, I think. Right now? No, I'm saying I think that's what Code Red is. Like, I said I would hang it up, like, hang it up, Code Red, try to kill myself. If that faggot would be fine. Oh. Oh, 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 oh. Ryan McDonald is a friend from middle school. He was also a driver for Hernandez in his NFL days. After his fiance and his mother, McDonald's the person Hernandez talks to the most. I tried as hard as I could to live a, to live a dream life, but it didn't end up You didn't try as hard as you could, I'll tell you that. Huh? You did not try as hard as you could. Tell me how I could have tried harder. There's not one thing. I don't know how you could have. I lived yeah. I lived for my dream life, but it just didn't work out. I just couldn't live my life. Because I, I lived for certain people. But it is what it is. With McDonald, Hernandez admits he hung out with the wrong crowd. He claims he doesn't miss his old life. Not the money, not the fame. He does miss his daughter. And something else. I don't miss football. I don't miss. I miss one thing. You know what I mean? 
And it goes up, being free. <laughs> huh? Your freedom. <clears throat> my freedom's not, that's not what I miss. I miss one thing, and obviously my daughter. Um, it was the same thing I missed when I was on the street, so it's not that big of a deal. Hernandez doesn't spell out exactly what that one thing is, and his friend doesn't ask. There are moments when Hernandez seems to be grappling with the life he led, the decisions he made on the outside, and no more so than when he's talking with his cousin, Tanya Singleton. My thing is, like, when I'm in here, I'm saying I'm trying to become a different person, but if I can't change the person I am, I mean, when I get out, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Then then I I just don't know what I want to do when I get out, you know what I mean? I don't know if I just want to fucking go away or just, like, what to do, you know what I mean? Well, what no, I, just want I to be know happy what I think day. you should do is be happy, be real with yourself, and live the life that you want to live. Yeah. You understand? Because when you hold so much inside and so That's... much pressure and so much this, that makes you be a different person because yeah. it brings the anger out of you because you can't truly be happy. Yeah. I just want you to be happy. I want you to That's keep all it on all I want you to do is keep it 100 with yourself and go live a life, a happy life, a normal life. And you know what? You could, obviously, money comes and goes. My, the, the streets was my, my, my... Escape. Escape. It's just my fun, you know? I know. The, it's my, it's my, I feel free because I don't, I just don't give a fuck, you know what I mean? Listen, because there ain't of, nobody on this planet that knows you better than I know you. I know. I know you in and out. Even things that you don't say, just your feelings, because I feel them. You know, I feel yeah. when you're sad. I'm just, I feel one, when I'm just one empty person. I mean, I've been like that for, my, for so long, I mean. Another Christmas and New Year tick by. Now it's 2015, and the Odin Lloyd trial is about to start. Hernandez gets fitted for suits to wear in court, and he brags to his friends about looking fly. He tells Jenkins he has to move back to the Bristol County Jail under Sheriff Hodgson for the trial. No, you're not. Yes, I am for trial. You think, I'm dry, you think they're going to drive me from here an hour every day for two What months? the heck? Why are you going back to that jail? It's so bad. On January 9th, 2015, jury selection started. Hernandez was in the courtroom. Mr. Hernandez is presumed to be innocent unless and until he is proven guilty beyond a reasonable doubt by the Commonwealth. Hernandez's fiance sat on one side of the room and her sister, Odin Lloyd's girlfriend, on the other. The room was tense. Odin Lloyd's mother was also there. One day in court, while I was leaving and going down on the elevator, his mom came to me and said she's sorry for everything. Hernandez himself never said a word to her. I sat through the whole trial, and it was like when you get a cut and someone keep opening up every day, every day, so you just keep bleeding every day. It's like someone put a knife in my heart and took my heart out every single day. Yeah. Oh. Man, 
While Hernandez was on trial, the Patriots won the Super Bowl. The team rode through Boston streets on duck boats to celebrate, past throngs of cheering fans. The parade ended at City Hall, less than a mile from the jail where Hernandez used to watch those boats from his cell window. As the trial went on, prosecutors described a carefully orchestrated execution-style killing. They said Hernandez had arranged to meet Odin Lloyd the night of the murder, then drove him to a remote area and shot him six times. Police found keys to a car Hernandez had rented in the dead man's pocket. And there was surveillance video from inside Hernandez's house showing him carrying what appeared to be a gun shortly after the murder. One thing they couldn't establish, a motive. But it didn't seem to matter. After deliberating for six days, the jury reached its verdict. What say you, Madam Foreperson? Is the defendant not guilty, guilty of murder in the first degree, or guilty of murder in the second degree? Guilty of murder in the first degree. The jury found the crime was not premeditated, but they did find evidence of extreme atrocity or cruelty. Hernandez dropped into his chair, his face blank. Jenkins, sitting behind him, cried uncontrollably. May the verse be recorded. Amen. Odin Lloyd's mother, seated on the other side of the gallery, cried too. After the trial, on the steps of the courthouse, she thanked her heavenly master for justice being served. Hernandez was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Life was about to change big time for Aaron Hernandez. Eight days after he was found guilty of murder, Hernandez was transferred to Sousa Baranowski Correctional Center. It's a maximum security prison 40 miles west of Boston, a sprawling place surrounded by razor wire. And it was nothing like the Suffolk County Jail. At Sousa, inmates spent about 20 hours a day in their cells. It's definitely not the place to be. It's the maximum, you know, of the state. You know, it's a horrible place, period. Darrell Jones knows a lot about Sousa Baranowski. He just got out of prison after 32 years for a wrongful murder conviction. The last nine years, he spent at Sousa. He'd see Hernandez in the hall now and then, and sometimes in the visiting room. He lived actually originally on the gray side. I lived on the green side. So you live on different sides. They separate the gangs. And so the Latin Kings and Bloods and different gangs live on that side, and GDs and Crips live on the green side. He was always respectful to me. I was respectful to him in speaking. It wasn't like, hey, I'm too big to speak, or we didn't speak, he spoke. So he was cool. We don't get to hear from Hernandez directly after this. The Department of Correction would not release phone tapes from his time at the Max. They also refused to let us visit the prison. But we did learn about his life there from hundreds of pages of records we were able to obtain and from people close to Hernandez. For one thing, he started getting in trouble almost immediately. Within his first few weeks, he was caught with a fresh tattoo on his neck. He also served as a lookout during a fight. He got sent to the hole, segregated from all the other inmates for 10 days. In two years at Sousa, he was moved to 23 different cells. Darrell Jones says that's a lot. 
Prison records say Hernandez was a member of the Bloods. Jones says it was more likely the Latin Kings. Hernandez wrote letters asking to be assigned to certain cell blocks. At one point, he asked for a cellmate because he was lonely. All to no avail. Jose Baez, his defense lawyer, says Hernandez got other inmates' attention because of who he was. Well, prisoners are going to test you all the time, and they're going to try and make a name for themselves, and Aaron was a target for that. Aaron constantly had to be on guard for that. And lucky for him, he was no pushover. At first, Hernandez wanted to hire Baez to appeal the Odin Lloyd conviction. Well, Aaron wrote me uh, when he was in jail, and he asserted his innocence. After a conversation with him, I pretty much laid it out for him, and I said, listen, the Odin Lloyd appeal is great, and you have some issues here, but it doesn't mean anything if you lose this Boston case. And if you lose this Boston case, it's going to be next to impossible to get you out. So in February of 2017, Hernandez hired Baez, along with a local lawyer, George Leontire, to represent him in the South End double murder trial. While Hernandez struggled at Sousa Baranowski, his defense team geared up for the upcoming second trial, the one where he's accused of shooting Daniel De Abreu and Safiro Furtado after a night out at a club. With Hernandez in the car that night was Alexander Bradley, his former friend and drug dealer, and the man Hernandez allegedly shot in the face in Florida. The motive for this murder was a perceived disrespect over a drink being spilled. That's Prosecutor Patrick Hagan. And if you believe Alexander Bradley and even the corroborating evidence from some of the other bouncers in the club that Aaron Hernandez had this propensity to just be uh, almost he could snap at the drop of a hat and that he would um, be paranoid and think people were, in his words, trying him. I don't know anyone other than Alexander Bradley who witnessed a spilled drink. That's defense attorney Jose Baez again. None of the surviving Cape Verdeans saw that. No one in the club saw that. Not a single person were they able to find that came forward and said, yeah, I saw somebody spill a drink on Aaron Hernandez. Baez says Bradley cut a deal with prosecutors to save himself from murder charges and that the story about a spilled drink was made up. Prosecutors say Hernandez and Bradley were together in a silver SUV with Rhode Island plates that night. One of them was driving, the other one pulled the trigger. But who was who? Police found that car a year later in Bristol, in the garage of Hernandez's cousin, Tanya Singleton. So the question for the jury wasn't whether Hernandez was in the car. That seemed obvious. But whether he was the one who actually fired the gun my colleague at The Globe, Travis Anderson, covered that second trial. He said Bradley came with some obvious problems as a key witness. Alexander Bradley also, of course, had a very lengthy criminal history, a lot of drug charges and, and the like, and the defense exploited that. There were text messages between Aaron and Bradley where Bradley was saying to Aaron, you know, listen, I've got wolves on deck, you know, you know, suggesting, you know, I've got, I, I've got people, you know, who, are, who, who can take you out, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> Talked about the guns he had, the arsenal he had, that sort of thing. The defense, you know, constantly sort of hammered at this idea at that second trial that, you know, Bradley was the killer. Hernandez's lawyers tried to get his family to come to court to support him, but his mother never showed up. She said she couldn't take another trial. His brother went once, 
Cheyenne Jenkins was a constant presence. One day, she brought their daughter, and Hernandez blew her a kiss. Early in the proceeding, the defense suddenly became worried prosecutors were going to come out with a surprise in court that Hernandez had had relationships with men. Everybody was really angry. That's George Leontire. We were angry not because we thought that it would uh, have a material effect on uh, the facts of the case, but number one, angry that they were going to try to turn this case into a circus, and number two, how wrong it was uh, uh, legally, aside from morally, in my opinion, uh, to try to use this as a way to try to convict someone. Hernandez's defense team felt they had to warn his fiance this could happen, and Hernandez was upset. His concern always was uh, the impact on somebody who he loved and who truly loved him and had stood by him all these years, and uh, how hurt she would be. And that was his main concern about the gay issue. In the end, his sexuality never did come up in court. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. After closing arguments concluded in the second murder trial of Aaron Hernandez, the jury deliberated for six days. On April 14th, 2017, they found Hernandez not guilty of first-degree murder in the killings of De Abreu and Furtado. The reaction in the room is the uh, the families of the two victims um, were pretty devastated. There were tears from them. You know, there were uh, folks had their heads in their hands, that sort of thing. Obviously, a, a clear sense of disappointment. Shiana, interestingly, was just weeping uncontrollably, audibly. It, it really stuck out when he, I looked over. She was shaking. She was crying very loudly. She was being, you know, held by a couple people. Hernandez was found guilty on a weapons charge and given five more years of prison time. By now, he'd been in jail for four years, more time than he'd spent in high school or college or the NFL. Aaron, of course, when the not guilty verdicts came down, he started kind of swaying forward and back and almost kind of nodding, and then he cried as well. And then at one point, he whipped around and uh, told Shiana he loved her, and then they carried him out. News reports were saying the acquittal could be good news for Hernandez. It might mean he had a better chance of appealing the Odin Lloyd conviction. But the relief didn't last long. Hernandez hugged his lawyers and was ushered out of the courtroom and back to Sousa Baranowski in shackles. Twenty hours a day behind the locked door. Cell number 57 in the G2 block. That's where he was, a section where Darrell Jones says they put what he calls renegades, 
inmates who are homeless in a way, shunned from a gang or prone to fights. Three days after Hernandez was acquitted in the South End case, another inmate slipped into his cell. He did it while the doors were unlocked for inmates to go to the gym. The inmate hid under Hernandez's bed. Strangely, the lights dimmed on the block, enough so the surveillance cameras couldn't see into his cell window. The two men smoked K2 together. It's a drug known to cause hallucinations and even psychosis. Hernandez and the other inmate talked about God and death. Two hours later, when the lights came back up, the cell doors opened and Hernandez walked out. The other inmate followed, apparently unnoticed by the guards. Something happened that day outside the prison, too. Joining us here is the author of the new book, Maximum Harm, which I'm 160 pages in. Reporter Michelle McPhee went on a Boston sports radio show to talk about her book on the Boston Marathon bombing when the interview took a different turn. A change of plans. The book's great. We'll the book is great. Million. Let's get back to Aaron Hernandez. <laughs> <laughs> Your next I can't book. believe you guys haven't uh, heard about this. Well, how would how, how we know that? McPhee had been reporting on Hernandez for a while. And he was a regular subject of conversation between hosts Kirk Minahan and Jerry Callahan. We have Callahan. to make a decision now, Kirk. I think I know what you'll say, but this this rumor, this Aaron Hernandez rumor, which is so juicy, I want to get... Ronald the rumor was about Hernandez's sexuality. It's something we can certainly play with as, as the days go on. I'm not sure how comfortable Michelle is talking about. Michelle. No, I, I mean, hey, let's tease away. And that's what they do. Yes. Let's just say that Aaron Hernandez was a former tight end before he was kicked off tight the Tight end off the field as well? Yes. Yes. So you think he's comfortable in, in the prison lifestyle? He's probably doing well. McPhee would later call her choice of words inelegant. Let's just say that Aaron Hernandez is known to kick with both feet. There you go. Wow. There you go. That's big. We know some inmates at Sousa Baranowski heard that broadcast, but we don't know if Hernandez ever did. The next day, April 18th, Hernandez makes phone calls in the evening, as usual. He calls seven people before bed. The last is his fiance, Cheyenne Jenkins. At 7.59 p.m., Hernandez is locked in his cell. The guard on duty for the evening does his hourly rounds. Then, at 11 p.m., another officer, Gerard Bro, arrives for his shift. Bro is on block G2 for the overnight. He does his rounds at 11, then at midnight, then at 1 a.m. He never breaks his stride, never looks in Hernandez's cell window, never points his flashlight in. Under Department of Correction rules, guards must see living, breathing flesh on every round. At 3.03 a.m., Bro walks by Hernandez's cell, and something catches his eye. There's a sheet covering the cell door window. He knocks on the door, no response. He manages to yank the sheet down and sees Hernandez hanging from the bars in his window. Bro calls a code 99, inmate hanging. Another officer helps him open the cell door, which is jammed. The floor is covered in shampoo, so they can barely gain their footing as they rush to pull Hernandez down. His lips are already blue, and he is naked. He's written John 316 on his forehead in blood. That's the verse that reads, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. On the desk, 
there's a Bible open to that same passage and red writing on the walls. One guard puts wrist restraints on Hernandez. It takes multiple men to hoist up his 240-pound frame and two sets of shears to cut the knotted bedsheet from around his neck. The first set isn't sharp enough. Once they get him down, Bro does chest compressions as long as he can. Then other guards take over. They move him down to the first floor entrance. When the paramedics arrive, a guard puts leg irons on Hernandez for the ride. At 4.07 a.m., Aaron Hernandez is declared dead at Lemonster Hospital. It was really more, uh, you know, more shock. Um, I had just spoken to him hours before, and I, um, I, I cannot, I don't like reliving it. Um, it was just really shock. The state police launched an investigation after Hernandez's death, but there's a lot that they never shared with the public. For one thing, another inmate told investigators Hernandez had smoked K2 for two straight days before dying and wasn't in the right frame of mind. That report was hidden from the public record. And on the night Hernandez died, Gerard Bro, the guard, skipped his 2 a.m. round He'd later tell investigators he hadn't slept before his shift and was in a fog that night. When he did finally walk the hall at 3 a.m., Bro didn't have his keys with him. Corrections officials won't say whether Bro was disciplined. He still has his job today. Hernandez's lawyers asked the Department of Correction to keep his cell intact so they could examine it for themselves. Officials simply declined, and cleaned out the cell for the next inmate. Hernandez's body was brought to the state medical examiner. News of his death drew a rush of media coverage. Amid all the public attention, his family planned a private funeral in Bristol. And they also had to make a decision that would have profound consequences, whether to send his brain to a Boston University laboratory for study. I don't think it's fair that the narrative is man plays football, man contracts a brain disease and therefore becomes a killer. I think it's far more complicated than that, but I do think it may have played a role. Football is a violent game. Violence is the purpose of the game. Violence is at the center of the game. That's on the final episode of Gladiator. From the Boston Globe and Wondery, this is part five of six of Gladiator an investigative series from the Spotlight team about who could have made a difference in the life of one young man. If you'd like to help us spread the word, please give us a review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, NPR One, and every major listening app, as well as Wondery.com. We'd also like to learn about you. Please complete a short survey at Wondery.com survey. That's Wondery.com slash survey. You'll have an opportunity to tell us what you like about this series. If you're listening on a smartphone, tap or swipe over the cover art of this podcast. You'll find the episode notes, including some details you may have missed. You'll also find some offers from our sponsors. Please support our show by supporting them. And thank you. You can also read the print series of Gladiator at bostonglobe.com slash gladiator. 
Gladiator was written, reported, and hosted by me, Bob Holler, and by Beth Healy, Sasha Pfeiffer, Andrew Ryan, and our Spotlight editor, Patricia Wen. We'd also like to give special thanks to Globe editors Brian McGrory, Scott Allen, Mark Morrow, and Janice Page, Spotlight's data specialist Todd Wallach, and reporter Maria Kramer. Gladiator was produced by Amy Padula, sound designed by Jeff Schmidt, executive produced by George Lavender, Marshall Louis, and Hernan Lopez for Wondery. If you or someone you know is struggling with mental health, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline can be reached at 1-800-273-8255. The National Alliance on Mental Illness is available at 1-800-950-6264. Additional resources are available in our show notes. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Gladiator, Aaron Hernandez, and Football Inc. ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today, or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus and Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey.